Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey Cubs fans, Danny Rocket here with a quick message about what you are about to listen to. It's called Cubs Pod, and it's a production of the brand new Bleacher Bunch Network, which is on the Fans First Network, which is a bunch of fired SB Nation podcasts all banding together to bring you, I guess, content. <laughs> Sports content, there's football, there's baseball, there's basketball, all the different podcasts, they're all banding together. It's strength in numbers kind of thing, and we're really excited about it. Uh, we're teaming up with the Sun Ranto Show and also... Cup of Cubby Blue, Sarah Sanchez, and and my show for the SB Nation uh, Cup um, Bleed Cubby Blue. And anyway, we're just getting going. It's something I've been been wanting to do for a while. And uh, this is week one of all the Cubs pods that we've put out, uh, mostly from me and also one from Michael Cotton, who filled in for me one day. And... It's just a daily dose of what happened in the Cubs world. It's 10 to 15 minutes long. It tells you what happened in today's game and what's going to come up in tomorrow's game. You know, baseball, it happens every single day and things change so quickly. I just always thought that there was room for a daily Cubs podcast if you had the time. So that's what this is going to be. It's called Cubs Pod, which is pretty much as direct as I could be about what the heck it is. Now, I've been releasing this every day on the Sunranto Patreon feed. So it truly is a daily podcast. I will not be doing that on this feed. I'm going to slap some ads on it. And I really hope that it's going to encourage some people to jump onto the Patreon and get the show every day. Because listening to what happened last week might be somewhat interesting, but we all know it's more prescient to find out what happened yesterday. So just jo- jump on. It's a dollar a month. You go to patreon.com slash sunranto, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o, and you sign up for a dollar a month. It's $12 a year. You can pay all at once, and you get a podcast every day telling you what happened in the Cubs game and what's going to happen in the next game. It's a value that is beyond measure. I'm also going to slap ads on this feed, and so you're going to have to fast forward through those, but I mean, you know, This is not only a hobby and uh, an artistic production on my part, but it's also something that costs me money, and I would love it if anybody listening to this right now that is not a Patreon subscriber yet jumped onto the Patreon. We just give more and more value every single year uh, to our Patreon people because we love them. And I can't say that for anybody who doesn't pay us. I mean, literally podcasts pay a penny a download. So you're either worth a penny or a dollar. So who do I love more, the dollar people or the penny? You guess. How would you feel about it? That's all I'm saying. I don't mean to be a jerk. I just want to bring you Cubs content 
and make enough for tickets and beer and to pay Allison and Michael and Sarah and everybody that, that's going to bring this season to you. That's all I want to do. Get them tickets and beer too. That's it. So please join on patreon.com slash sunranto and uh, enjoy the first week of Cubs Pod. Good morning and welcome to Cubs Pod. My name is Danny Rocket. You might know me from the Sun Ranto Show and Cup of Cubby Blue podcasts and also from karate chopping cup snakes in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. Um, this is going to be a kind of daily podcast uh, we're going to try to put out. Um, and uh, it's an offshoot of the other shows we do. And it's just to kind of keep the churn of the baseball season going. There's a lot of things that happen during out during a baseball season where uh, we don't always get a chance to talk about it all. And a lot of that time is taken with just the nitty-gritty of what happened in the damn game. So it's something I've been wanting to try to do for a while. I know Corey Finneran uh, did it a bunch of years back with his Cubs Daily Show. It was tough to keep up on because uh, he was doing it by himself. But uh, this is the kind of thing that... Um, we're actually going to try to do uh, together with his little team. I'm going to try one solo today just because we've got one spring training game under our belt. And I guess let's just get into the Cubs pod. Um, and the way this is going to work is I'm just going to tell you what happened in the game yesterday. Uh, the Cubs faced the Giants and uh, out in Mesa, Arizona. They had a record crowd, although I don't buy it because some shenanigans going on with the tickets right now and I'll get into that on the Sun Ranto show but the Cubs won the game 10-8 which is not good we all know this as Cub fans that you know the Cubs were 11 and 19 in 2016 so it's very important that we lose more games than we win we've got a whole spring to go and lose more ball games though so one win's not going to kill us uh 10-8 was the final Bodie with the big three-run blast for the Cubs in a seven-run fifth um, that is, of course, after all the Giants starters were pretty much out of the game, and so were ours. Um, Bodie did not start this game, and uh, it was uh, that three-run blast, and most of those runs were off a guy named Strotman, uh, who is a minor leaguer for the Giants. Uh, so you know, you never know what you're really looking at in spring training. Um, we had uh, Nico Horner uh, had a couple hits at leadoff, so that was interesting to see. Some some stuff about the lineup construction, I thought, uh, this is what Ross is thinking. Um, Horner, Swanson, Hap, Bellinger, Mancini, Hosmer, Wisdom, Gomes, and then Brendan Davis, uh, because say I got scratched. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, Horner with a couple uh, hits at leadoff. I think a lot of people are picking him to maybe be a good OBP guy that can be at leadoff spot. So I'm thinking that what we saw yesterday might be a little bit of a preview of our opening day lineup. Um, uh, Trey Mancini had a couple of hits. I already mentioned Bodie with the big blast. And um, here's the kind of disconcerting thing. Um, that was the only extra base hit that the Cubs had was that Bodie three-run homer out of their 12 hits. Um, and they also, by the way, took 11 walks yesterday. That's that's quite a few. Um, but uh, yeah, out of their 12 hits, only one was an extra base hit, that home run. Um, so, you know, I know that this isn't a very powerful team, but come on, guys, <laughs> a double? Maybe. Um, so, as I mentioned before, uh, Saya was scratched with an oblique strain. They did not say how serious it was, but obliques are tough, um, depending on what happened there. 
And we all know he came into spring training as, say, a Swolzuki. And so it's a little disconcerting. We kind of, I don't want to compare him to like, you know, Jorge Soler or something like, but <laughs> that man's muscles were so big. There were just too many muscles. And because of that, uh, they got injured. And so I hope that Saya just didn't bulk himself up to to a point where he thought he had to compete and uh, needed to get stronger. Um, and then he just ended up hurting himself. So that's something to monitor. Pretty disappointing he got scratched, but we did get to see Brendan Davis come out. Um, and then the other disappointing thing is I know a lot of us are Christopher Morrell fans. Um, you know, he's a cool guy. He's been very nice to me and um, my and a lot of my friends. He's good friends with Miguel Esparza, but uh, he came out, and I'm not going to make too much of this. Um, he went 0 for 3 um, uh, with uh, three strikeouts is really the big problem. He did walk once. And uh, got an RBI uh, while he was doing it. But it's a little disconcerting um, just because the Cubs keep adding on all these infielders like Alex Rios. And then you got Bodie out there hitting three-run homers, putting his name back into contention. So you wonder what they really think about Morrell. And uh, even though he's got a lot of abilities to play a lot of defensive positions, uh, they might consider him an Iowa piece and somebody that comes up in case of injury, which is how he ended up on the team in the damn first place. So they might go back to their original plan and go with Alex Rios or something like, I don't know if that's the right move. I just know I'm sad about it um, as a fan because I, I love Christopher Morrell and it'll be sad that, you know, because of a lack of, and I won't say talent but because of a, a lack of, I guess, what would it be? The the fact that he wasn't part of the original plan, that the smartest guys in the room are gonna just going to go back to the original plan when they can, even though that didn't include Alex Rios. I don't really understand why Morel. I understand why he didn't start this game uh, or why he wouldn't be considered a starter, but I, I don't necessarily understand why uh, he seems to be the odd man out in people's minds, uh, especially Cubs fans, after seeing what he did last year and the kind of tools he brings to the table. I just think he's an asset to any team. Fortunately, that team might be the Iowa Cubs. Um, Pitching-wise, Stroh started this game, uh, and he gave up one run on two hits over two innings. Um, and then Samson came out and uh, really let the Giants back. Well, they took the lead when he was on the mound because he gave up three home runs. And uh, I was on the radio at this point listening to this game, and Coom Dog was complaining about Samson's lack of focus. And Samson had a good year last year. I think it surprised a lot of people. Given the opportunity on a bad team, he, he came out and he did things that people weren't expecting of him. Um, he definitely surpassed people's expectations. Um, doesn't have the greatest stuff in the world. Like, let's face it, it's unimpressive in this uh, day and age, what we're looking at. But Coomdog's complaint was that he'd get the two quick outs, and then that was the issue. It was like closing down an inning, getting that third out. And it was a lack of focus in his opinion. Uh, in Coom Dog's opinion about Samson, something to look at and work at. So uh, it did, certainly didn't go well for him during this game. And then uh, you know, there was like a, <laughs> a kind of a parade of who's who or of who's that when you saw uh, Whitney come out, um, who I assume is Eli Whitney, inventor of the cotton gin. Um, Elias, who uh, I assume was that child who uh was from cuba and then they made him go back in the 90s um 
forget uh, what the situation was there. I was young. Um, Leiter Jr. was out there. He gave up a couple hits, nothing much. Natoli, who's got a delicious pasta sauce, and uh, Stout, Eric Stout, who was with the team a little bit last year, and we made Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout jokes. But, yeah, nobody knows who these guys are. And it's spring training, so that's going to happen a lot right about now. Um, uh, let's see. The, the pitch clock... I wanted to say something about that. Um, I wish the announcers would shut up about it. I wish it wasn't in the score bug. It makes me nervous to be constantly seeing this countdown clock. And it ruins watching baseball. And I already listen to the game a lot more than I uh, watch it. But I do like to watch it sometimes. And I'll watch certain plays after they happen. Um, but that, sco- that uh, score bug pitch clock thing, that's got to go. Um I did feel a bit more agitated uh, with every... Part of it was the announcers kept talking about the pitch clock. It's new for them. I understand that they're going to want to like be like, oh, this is new. That's new. The other thing's new. But, you know, the games have been, been getting over about 20 minutes faster. And that's a lot. You know, I mean, I do theater. And, you know, when we're working on a show, a lot of times... You know, the show will be like two hours long. You're like, we got to get this down to an hour and a half. But it's because actors don't know their lines and something got messed up or, you know, somebody forgot where their prop was or something else happened. It wasn't because they were just being talking slow or anything. So this just seems they're playing fast. And it definitely felt like, I don't know, I just felt agitated. Like there was a different rhythm to the game and it wasn't natural it's probably because i'm not used to it it'll feel natural eventually i know that we can get used to anything that's our uh strength as humans but um yeah i i didn't uh didn't really enjoy it in this game and i feel like (laughs) there's some games that i i want it to be there and some games I don't want it to be like on Sunday afternoon when I want to take a nap like could we please like from innings five to seven maybe uh you know shut off the pitch clock and let them play slow a little bit again um because otherwise I'm just going to get agitated I'm gonna have to turn the game off to take the nap that's all I'm saying I know that they're not in the business of me taking a nap but they are because it's kind of something that fans enjoy. I see a lot of people enjoying baseball naps. Even our young new drummer, Tony Terrific of the Bleacher Bump Band, we were talking about that a little bit, and he knew exactly what I was talking about when I talked about a Sunday afternoon uh, with the game on, taking a nap. And it's something we enjoy. Anyhow, uh, I hope they shut up about it. Um, the, the Marquee Network had Dexter Fowler calling out Boog on there, which everybody I know in the Sunrantolandia really enjoyed. Um just about, you know, hard hit rate. And that that was a hard play because they hit it so hard. It's like Dex is, Dex is like, yeah, they are supposed to catch that. That's how that's supposed to go. Anyhow, um, the Million Marquee Man March uh, marched on and there was just everybody on the show. Like they just, you know, I it's interesting because it, it feels like one of those old cavalcade of stars where you had like, you know, Lucille Ball and Don Rickles and you know, this two hour special and Sammy Davis Jr. came out almost like a Jerry Lewis telethon. It's like, we got everybody. Here comes Ryan Sandberg. Here comes Billy Williams. Here comes Dexter Fowler. Everybody you ever once loved is on this broadcast. And then we got, you know, Taylor. She's chiming in here and there. I find it a little unwatchable, almost for the same reasons that I like taking baseball naps. It's just like, it's it's too entertaining. Um, it's too much. It should be like a special, you know, like do that once a week. The Million Man, Marquee Man March 
the Million Marquee Man March is what I'm going to call it. And um, I know there's some women in there, but, you know, we'll go back. I, we'll just go back to the old days when they'd say mankind, and then they went mankind and womankind, and now they're like personkind, and everybody's like, what are you talking about? And so that's, uh, and Million Marquee Man March is just, uh, you know, funnier. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, that's what I'm going to call it. Till I forget what I called it, and then we'll call it something else. Anyhow, there is your first up. Ep- no, it's not. It's not finished yet. I forgot. I was going to say what's happening today. It's February 26th right now. Um, we got a battle of the lefties. We got uh, Mr. Justin Steele going out there. Impressed us very much last year. Uh, a lot of strikeouts. We're hoping to build. he's going to build on that. So this is his first shot out there today. I'm excited about it. Um, he's going up against Robbie Erlin, who was a reliever for San Diego. Then he was with Pittsburgh and the Braves, and he was kind of a spot starter in 2018. And um, Lifetime 487 ERA, so it hasn't gone great, but it's been enough to bounce around and play for the Nippon Ham last year out there in Japan. So he did well enough out there in Japan um, to come back. I mean, let's see, they have two kind of seasons uh, in in Japan, he had a 3.55 ERA and 38 innings pitched out there. So out there with Japan, and I guess uh, the Dodgers like what they saw because now he's on their team. He's also a left-handed hitter. Uh, he's 32 years old, and he was born in Oakland, California, which is about to lose their baseball team. So that's what's happening today. Camelback Ranch is where the game's going to be played, which is absolute shithole of a ballpark. They faced it the wrong way. It's constant sun. It's hot. Um, there's very few shaded seats there in the back rows of the box seats. Other than that, you're just out there. They share this ballpark with the White Sox. Um, it's a, it's think about how Dodger stadium, what you might've heard about Camelback ranch or about Dodger stadium, where you got to get there like two hours early, just so you can walk two more hours to the stadium from your car, and then you leave early because you have to do the same thing on the way back. That's kind of how Camelback Ranch works. There's one way in, one way out. Um, You sit in traffic the entire time. I suggest bringing sandwiches, keep them in the car, get a cooler, keep them in the car, because there's no reason to try to leave an hour until an hour after the game, and then you'll get out. Um, And I would suggest going early because you won't get in and you'll miss some baseball so it's it's just a tough place to go watch a baseball game it sucks i don't enjoy it i don't recommend making that part of your trip um i know everybody wants to see every ballpark once and i understand that but let's put it this way i'm not going back fuck that place so um yeah so that's the game today Uh, the other reason to fuck that place is i did happen to look up tickets today um $50 for a berm seat. That's from the Dodgers. It's not any cheaper on StubHub. There's some ticket shenanigans going on. I believe there's now a four-hour expiration window. So if the game's at 2, the tickets will expire at 10. I'm going to take a look at that um, because I had some season ticket holders with spring training tickets. Be like, holy shit, I'm about to lose $300. So that's not cool. Way to go, Cubs. Way to piss off your most loyal fans the most. uh, Real smart of you. Um, we already hated StubHub too. Like you could have, you could, you could say screw StubHub and still have us like you, but to not tell anybody what's going on uh, and then just break something you once had overnight, like never take things away. Anyway, there's probably something more for the real show, not for this quick old podcast telling you what happened. Um, 
So, yeah, that's it. Uh, Cubs uh, versus the Dodgers today. Uh, we will be over on the Discord channel talking all about it. That's where the Shank List lives now. Uh, if you have been going on the Shank List on the Sunranto Ranchers page, I've cut that. Like, uh, Facebook is garbage. Um, we've got enough people and uh, you know, loyal ranters who all enjoy each other's company that there's no reason to let Mark Zuckerberg in on this whole situation. So we're not doing that anymore. Uh, Patreon, it's just a buck a month. Uh, and I know everybody listening to this is already a subscriber, but uh, tell somebody else about it. Tell us all the great things that we're doing over here at Sun Ranto. Um, I'm excited for everything that's happening. I can't wait to tell you guys about the Bleacher Bunch and Fans First Network. There's all sorts of great stuff coming up um, this year uh, with all your favorite people. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Spagog. Hi, and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket. I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on Monday, February 27th, 2023. It was the second game of the Cactus League season, and the Cubs lost to the Dodgers out at Camelback Ranch 9-4. They were out hit 10-7, but... The good news is the Cubs were winning most of this game until the seventh inning and uh, had only given up one hit uh, through the first five innings pitched against the Dodgers lineup that pretty much featured quite a few of their regulars. Uh, Mookie Betts wasn't in there, but uh, Max Muncy was, so they had some guys. Um, Sad news uh, was that Justin Steele was supposed to start this game, but he was scratched with arm fatigue. Uh, means his arm's tired. So Javier Assad started uh, the Tijuana Titan, um, and he did really well. Uh, zero hits, two strikeouts, and two innings pitched. And um, the rest of the, all the runs that the Cubs gave up were just a bunch of no-name minor leaguer guys like Niedert, Eukert, Horn, and Biggie. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually looked up a few of those guys as they were pitching, and they weren't even good in the minors, so I don't even know. They... They probably lost a bet or something that ended up at Camelback Ranch. So, um, yeah, that's who gave up all the runs. So don't worry, Cubs fans. Everything's fine. We would have won if those guys weren't pitching. Uh, David Bodie, who had a three-run homer on uh, Saturday, he had a double, making a case for himself. He had two hits, in fact. Uh, making a case for himself to stick with the big league club, even though everybody had kind of written him off after Ricketts made him a millionaire for running around the bases like an airplane. Um, Morrell, after striking out three times on Saturday, hit a double as well. Uh, Nick Madrigal played third. Uh, didn't look right to me. Had a few balls hit to him right at the beginning of the game. And I don't know, he, he just looks small to me, you know, and it looks like it took him everything to get that ball across. Um, not known for his defense. Now he's got a longer throw. I don't know if this is going to work out. It definitely does not have as strong of an arm as Morrell does or as Patrick Wisdom or David Bodie for that fact. So, um, Magical did have a, a hit in the game. He let off the game and he had one of those nice piece of hitting hits. So, you know, kind of went the other way with it, which is what he's known for just to get balls, barrel them up that uh, most guys aren't hitting. Um, they're missing him, following him off, whatever. Uh, the other hits were from Tauchman, Mike Tauchman, 
and uh, Deluzio, who he actually got from the Cardinals. Um, they both had hits, and they also stole bases. Deluzio, known for his speed. Um, PCA had a nice outfield assist to Esteban Kiros at second base. Guy tried to tag up from first base. Kiros did a somersault on the tag. Looked nice. Um, beginning of the game, uh, some of the new rules, a couple of uh, violations from Shelby Miller, who started this game for the Dodgers. And um, I don't know. It's just some about it. But he actually, did, Miller didn't start. He came in in this in the second. Erlin only pitched an inning. But it was it was just kind of weird because uh, it didn't seem like anything was off. But it, you know, the timer's the timer. But I guess we're just used to a different kind of uh, pace to things. Um, it looked cold out there. Uh, made me feel good. Because I'm in Chicago where it's colder by at least 20 degrees. But when it's it's in the 50s in that dry desert air, it can feel much colder than it actually is. And you saw like Taylor McGregor on the broadcast like all bundled up and in a toque and a big old heavy winter coat. And some of the fans were there in uh, pretty bundled up too. But um, yeah, it just... it. I don't know. I looked up the weather for the rest of this week, and it doesn't get that warm. In fact, like next couple of weeks, it doesn't even hit 80. And I've been down there, and there were a lot of 80s and 90s days. Definitely wearing shorts down there. You know, Crawley had his shirt off <laughs> in the last year. So, I mean, it, it gets pretty warm, but it wasn't yesterday. Um, so... It, that is what it is. It, it, I know that uh, they were complaining a little bit about it on the broadcast, but I'm in Chicago. There's no one, there's snow on the ground. That's all I can be uh, happy about. I did find Marquee Network pretty unwatchable again. They just don't focus on the game. I I don't understand uh, why Boog refuses to talk about what's happening in the game, and I feel bad for people who are visually impaired or blind that – Right now, there is no radio call. I mean, you get the Dodgers one if you have MLB at bat. That that was on there today. But if you're a Cubs fan, you want to hear the Cubs call. And you can't listen to Boog Shiambi and have any idea what the hell's going on in the ballgame. Because he's talking about anything else but the baseball game. He must have brought up the pitch clock 85 million times, and nobody was was really talking about it. He just it's his narrative that's important to him. Um, so anyway, that's that was a little frustrating, just because we've had such a great line of broadcasters for the Chicago Cubs. I'll even include Len Casper, who I kind of got sick of. Um, but man, Boog is just terrible. He's terrible, and. Um, I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's a lot of, we'll call it boog hatred. It's not hate. It's just nobody wants to watch that and listen to that crap. So uh, turn it off, listen to the radio, just uh, listen without sound. I mean, I might start broadcasting the games just because nobody likes boog. You know, it's low-hanging fruit as far as entertainment goes. So um, next game, Monday, February 27th, it's, it's uh, 2 p.m., Against uh, the Cleveland Guardians, game's going to be at Sloan Park, which is the, really the only good Cactus League stadium. Well, Camelback Ranch, where they played on Sunday, it, it sucks. Um, it's going to be Shane Bieber out there, quite the pitcher. Had a 288 ERA uh, last year, 
And uh, we're going to get our first look at Jamison Tyone for the Cubs, who had a 391 ERA last year. But he promises to eat quite a few innings this year for the Cubs. Let's hope anyway, because we certainly need a lot of innings eaten. Uh, I looked at tickets for this game. They are $6 plus fees on StubHub. Please shop through our links at sunranto.com slash tickets if you're going to do it that way. But I kind of say don't do it this way because $6 plus fees means $13. There are $7 in fees for a $6 ticket. I really hope Congress takes this up. Because this this is disgusting. A fulfillment fee. Uh, there's a, a processing fee. What is this? It's a computer. You didn't do shit. It's just it, it, you. It's and the, here's the saddest thing: the person who bought that ticket for fifteen dollars from the Cubs, they're only going to get four bucks of this. So they're just running away with all the money. I. It's not a good situation. If you could find a season ticket holder, just buy it from them because it ends up being $13 anyway, which is pretty much face value. Uh, but I did notice that the best deal you could get is on TickPick. And they're not a sponsor of the show. I don't have any ads for them, but it was $9 out the door. So that's uh, that's for a berm seat. For the game on Monday, February 27th, it's Lone Park. So that will just about do it for Cubs Pod for February 27th. 2023 spring training let's keep the faith go cubs and spagog hey i didn't have to but i thought i would just add an addendum to this cubs pod because i did not realize that february 27th was a split squad game uh, against the Arizona Diamondbacks over at Salt River Field. The game starts five minutes after the one at Sloan at uh, 210. Um, it's Salt River Fields at Talking Stick in Scottsdale. This one is not too far. Uh, this ballpark is not too far away from the Cubs Sloan Park in Mesa. It's uh, it's actually a pretty nice ballpark. It's pretty there at a night game uh, when the sun sets. It's this kind of desert setting and everything kind of turns orange and it's, it's quite gorgeous. It's, it's one of the better ballparks uh, down in Arizona for spring training. So this Cubs at Diamondbacks game, uh, they got Caleb Killian going out there for the Cubs and he was a pitcher, a starting pitch still as a pitcher that uh, the Cubs got in the Chris Bryant trade from the Giants. And apparently he's working on some mechanical issues that, came up with him um he was real good with the Giants before we got him and then it kind of I wouldn't say fell apart uh you know since then but let's just put it this way his ERA at AAA Iowa last year was 473 and it was more than double that when he came up in the three games he pitched in in Chicago only managing 11.1 innings in those so a pretty shaky start to his Cubs career but that's okay because he was a top prospect at one point for the Giants. It's why the Cubs wanted him. They saw something they liked, and then they saw something they didn't like. He's working. He's got a mechanical flaw um, that he hopes will make him better. That's from Sahad of Sharma at The Athletic. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm kind of interested in seeing the—it the, will be on TV, too, Arizona Television— 
uh, BSAS, I guess is what they call it. So if you have MLB TV, you could probably watch it. Um, so now here's the funny thing. We're going up against one of Arizona's top prospects, a guy named Brandon Pafat. Pafat. Excuse me. Pafat. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name. P-F-A-A-D-T. And, um, yeah, I had never heard of this guy before, but uh, he's a righty. He's a minor leaguer, made his way up to the AAA squad last year. And uh, it's been good. In his two seasons in the minor, he has a 356 ERA. He's managed 298 innings pitched. So they're working him through the system. And who knows? Like Arizona isn't picked to do really too much worse than the Cubs are. So I think they 74 wins they picked him at, something like that. So we might see your Brandon Pafods of the world uh, up with the team. Uh, whether we'll play him or not, it, it remains to be seen in the regular season. But I do know that if we do, we'll be making fun of his name. Uh, Pfot. Um Another thing about the Diamondbacks that I thought was interesting, I guess I missed this piece of news. Evan Longoria is over there. They've got a bunch of kind of young, no names. They have Kettle Mar- Marte and stuff and, and uh, uh, Christian Walker. But mostly it's guys you haven't heard of. So that's a young team. They're, they've been rebuilding, well, for a while. It's hard to know if they're rebuilding or not because uh, they're in that division where, like, even if you weren't had a decent team, you still might lose 100 games because they're just some powerhouses over there in the West between the Dodgers and the Padres. So anyway, I was remiss in not knowing that it was a split squad game today so i left out the diamondbacks piece of this information and uh, i promise i won't let it happen again um thunderstorming here in chicago so pretty crazy uh doesn't happen too often in february but that's what's going on and in february we're getting thunderstorms in chicago so hope everybody has a great day i don't know when you're getting this podcast but um that's it that's that's cubs pod ending part two all over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. 
go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. Is your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs. Well, February 27th was not a day to remember for the Chicago Cubs as they dropped two spring training games and split squad action. They played the Cleveland Guardians uh, at Sloan Park, and they had the Arizona D-Bags over at Salt River Fields. They lost to the Guardians 12-4. They lost to Arizona 3-0. Jamison Tyone, he started this game for the Cubs against Cleveland at Sloan. Um, Interesting pitcher. You know, I enjoyed watching him pitch. I enjoyed hearing him speak after he pitched about pitching. And he seems like he's a really uh, very curious dude about the art of pitching he has multiple pitches. He's always trying to get better. He's got a very sweeping slider called the sweeper. And that's uh, take, to take advantage of like the righty-on-righty action that just sweeps off the plate. And I guess usually they didn't teach that for a long time, but the Yankees liked it. So that's where Tyone started learning it because technically it's a ball. If you don't swing at it, you're good. But uh, he also said he wants to still have a tight slider as well as the sweeping slider. So... Uh, it, what he likes about the Cubs was interesting to hear him speak. He says that we don't have a not one we don't have a one size fits all approach. So when he was with the Pirates, it's like everybody had to have a sinker, everybody had to have an off speed that looked all the same, and everybody did everything the same. But the Cubs, that's not how it works. They let a guy be who he is and play to his particular strengths, which is really good to hear. Um, offensively, uh, Mike Tockman. Uh, I was told his name is not Talkman, but Talkman. Uh, he uh, had a double today. And then Perlaza, who I, to be honest, had never heard of before, was playing right field. He doubled him in. And then Hap came up and uh, knocked in two with another double. And that's pretty much the most exciting uh, thing that happened today offensively in the Cleveland Cubs game. Um, that was all off Eli Morgan, who is a legitimate ball player. You know, he's he's not some, you know, single-A schlub they just had there for the day. Um, what I was really impressed with was Master Boney's speed because he uh, scored from first base on Hap's double. He had a hit and a walk today, uh, and uh, he let off the game, actually. And uh, he was already slapping five with Perlaza, who had doubled as well. Um, by the time Hap got to second base. I mean, it was pretty impressive how fast he got around those bases, and I know that's one of his main tools. Um, unfortunately for the Cubs, Roman Quinn hit two home runs and uh, pretty much put us away. Cubs did get 12 hits, but only the four runs. Nine hits for the Guardians, but 12 runs, and the Cubs also had three errors and walked eight. So that was kind of an issue. The main uh, culprit there being uh, Rowan Wick, who uh, walked three and blew the save. He gave up five runs. Only two were earned because of the errors. But, yeah, he didn't look good out there. And I don't know. Maybe maybe we're, we're giving Wick more credit for being a big part of this bullpen than he should get because uh, it, it really hasn't gone all that well lately. Um, so uh, Birdie also walked three, but he's not really going to be on the team. Uh, so don't worry about it. 
Um, what else? In this broadcast, we had uh, Boog and T-Mac talking about pencil cases for a good two innings uh, because apparently Boog keeps his Apple Pencil in the box it came in, and now he keeps his Apple Pencil in the box it came in inside a pencil case, which Taylor McGregor, otherwise known as T-Mac, gave him um, riveting television, I tell you. Just fascinating stuff. They did a split screen with Tommy Hadovy, and then a full screen with Hadovy while there was game action going on. Uh, there's no reason to do that ever um, when you're broadcasting a game. Just keep the camera on the game, the players that we want to watch play baseball, and we can just do the voiceover in Tommy Hadovy. No big deal. Like, I don't mind that Tommy Hadovy's on. Just we don't need to see him in a full screen while there's an actual baseball game going on. I don't know what broadcasting school the marquee network people went to, but uh, I think it might have been DeVry. I'm not sure, but uh, it might have been Trump University. Either way, not a fan of the broadcast. And I'm not the only one. That's just, an, I mean, usually I check myself. I'm like, am I just a negative jerk? No. I mean, yes, but yes, I am. But um, I'm also, this is bad. Cubs TV broadcasts are terrible. And they got to they gotta fix it. They really do. It's, um, we deserve better. Um, the other game in Arizona, well, the Cubs didn't score at all. The, they gave up three runs, but it took them all nine innings to pretty much give them up. Uh, well, exactly nine innings to give them up. It was a walk-off home run. And, um, yeah, I mean, what a boring game. Cubs only had two hits. Andy Weber and David Bodie, who's on fire for some reason, probably because he knows that his days are numbered because he's not even on the 40-man right now, may, may, might make a decision tough about the bench because they've roster is full of bench guys and role players, if you will. But, um, yeah, so Emmanuel Rivera hit a three-run home run off of some Cubs guy at the end, uh, Reyes, uh, and he only was in the game because Holloway, was injured. Jordan Holloway, um, a reliever, he uh, he came out, uh, tried and uh, just did, he gave up uh, two runs, uh, both earned, and uh, then he threw a pitch that uh, they had to come get him off the field. So that's very sad. Hopefully he's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Emmanuel Rivera, he hit that that three run homer to end the game, and uh, you might remember him from the black kid on uh, Silver Spoons. I'm pretty sure that's who that was. So, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Killian started in this one, uh, two strikeouts and two innings pitch. The pitching was good in this game. Anthony Kay had two strikeouts in his, his in, inning pitch. They got him from the Blue Jays. A lot of people are pretty uh, think he's got a pretty promising arm. Ryan Jensen was dialing up there in the high 90s. Uh, two innings pitch, three strikeouts. And uh, Jeremiah Estrada, one strikeout in his innings pitched. Uh, I did catch a little bit of uh, the salty Bob Brenly <laughs> on the broadcast. He was explaining that he didn't like the pitch clock until he decided he did, which, boy, is there a more telling statement than Bob Brenly not liking something until he realized he liked it. Oh, man, get off my lawn, kids. Um, so the next game that's going to be played is between the hated Brewers and the Chicago Cubs. And it is going to feature Drew Smiley against Robert Stock, former Cubs great Robert Stock. And it's going to be played away at American Family Fields, which is a ballpark I have not been to, so I can't give you any advice as to whether it's good or not. But um, that's where it's going to be. So to first look at Smiley, of course, we're always going to be 
talking about him as Drew Smiley, who's coming off an injury, because that's how I think we're always going to think of him. But, uh, you know, if the Cubs are going to be any good this year, they're going to need him to eat at least 100 innings. And, um, you, you know, I, I believe in Drew Smiley. He's obviously has the stuff. He's, the injuries in his career have really set him back, but he won the ring with the Braves. Uh, maybe he's a guy that the Cubs build up to a certain point and then are able to trade him away because starting pitching, especially from the left side, is so valuable to a contending team. Who knows? Maybe Drew Smiley is so good that he makes the Cubs a contending team, but don't hold your breath. Robert Stock, uh, on the other hand, is a minor league sign from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. And this is a Brewers team that, in many respects, looks quite like the Brewers teams in uh, from last year, except for a few things. Uh, they got Tyler Naquin. Uh, they they sign him, but that's to a minor league contract, so we'll see if he even uh, makes it up. Luke Voigt, also that was a minor league contract. So that's kind of an interesting situation. Uh, they also uh, signed, uh, Will, or they traded for William Contreras. So he's over on the Brewers now. And uh, the Wilson's brother, I don't think I need to tell anybody that here. And um, Justin Wilson famously the guy who told Anthony Rizzo to shut up during a mound meeting back in 2018, 2019, maybe. Uh, well, he uh, he's, he's also on the Brewers, as is Wade Miley, the fast pitcher. No, he don't need no pitch clock. Wade Miley, um, yeah, he's on the Brewers now, too. So they've shored up their team there a little bit, and... Uh, I don't know. They're picking. Everybody's picking them for second, and us for third. So it's our first look at them tomorrow. Let's hopefully it goes better than today, where the Cubs gave up 15 runs and scored four. Hopefully that's not a harbinger Bert harbinger of things to come. So um, that's it. That's that's all I got for you on this Cubs pod. We'll talk to you again tomorrow when the Cubs take on the Brewers. Have a great day. Go Cubs. Spagog. This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunranto.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunranto.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunranto.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunranto.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunranto.com slash StubHub and sunranto.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sunranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck and it won't cost you a single penny it don't stink to click our link hello and welcome to cubs pod for march 1st 2023 it's a bleacher bunch production on the fans first network and your daily dose of digestible cubs content i'm your host danny rocket 
I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs. Hope you're all doing well out there. Well, the Cubs improved to 1-4 and four by losing to the Brewers at AmFam Southwest, I guess they call it. Um, I'm going to call it uh, Wrigley South, uh, no, Wrigley West Sloan or something like that. How, how about Sloan West? That's what we should call it. Sloan West. Um, yeah, and I say improved because we all know that we want to lose as many games, get the losses out of the way in spring training, learn how to lose, and then come out swinging and winning. So you don't want winning streaks in spring. You just don't. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a great game if you enjoy watching the Cubs do well. I'll tell you that much, unless you're a big fan of old Nelly Flo. Nelson Velasquez hit a two-run opposite home run off of a non-roster invitee named Tobias Myers. But neither here nor there. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, uh, Mervis, Mervis uh, had a double. So did Brennan Davis. And I... Man, it was kind of nice to see the kids. I know that I make fun of the prospect perverts and all that stuff, but we got some guys. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get too excited yet. I've seen, I've lived a long life as a Cubs fan. I see these guys come and go, got all the hope in the world. But I particularly have hope for Brendan Davis. If he could stay healthy, I mean, I know we just, we've been disappointed with the back thing. He was supposed to come up last year, maybe, but, you know, uh, he looks really good. I mean, he just, he's got a smooth swing and um, he just, he kind of looks like the real, he passes the eyeball test to me and his stats are obviously there, even though they've been up and down because of injury. But, you know, I liked watching him and who else I really liked watching is Kevin Alcantara, which I'm not really sure. I mean, I know it's not Alcantara, but because he is from the Dominican Republic. it's But there's no accent on his name in the box score, but there is an accent on his name on baseball reference, which would make it Alcantara. So I'm going to go with that because it's also Sergio Alcantara, who's also on the team. They had two Alcantaras on the team, one with an accent, one without, but I think they both have accents. So we're just going to go with Kevin Alcantara until uh, further notice. Uh, anyway, I, I liked watching him play. And uh, he had two hits in the game as well. It's a big dude. Like, I mean, this is who we got for Rizzo. And um, I'm looking at it right now. He's 6'6". Yeah, he is big. Oh, my God. So, you know, you think about the Ian Happ situation. I, I want to talk about this on the Sunranto show. But you think about that situation. And you're kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, Ian Happ, you can go be on the Yankees and whatever. Because I'm waiting for Kevin Alcantara. And... Uh, Anyway, somebody's got to play right field now anyway, because Say is on the shelf for a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I liked watching him. I liked watching him play. I liked watching Brendan Davis. It would be really great if, um, you know, probably in a year, I'd say two years. I mean, then we might be getting somewhere with these guys, but they'll be young. But, you know, I kind of like that. You know, these guys are young and hungry. And um, anyway, it was great to watch them uh, to hit because they did hit today uh doubles and um i don't know i just like what i saw um the goat of the game or i guess the the goat in a bad way you know goat goat before people used to say it was greatest of all time was like the goat meaning like bad kind of thing 
Anyway, he uh, James Trianto struck out three times as the DH in the nine spot just to piss off Michael Cotton. He don't like the DH, and he certainly don't like a DH in the nine spot to strike it out three times. But uh, Trianto's a promising young player. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, it wasn't great. Uh, this game was started by Drew Smiley, and um, he gave up five hits in two innings. So, yeah, uh, not great. Uh, two earned runs. Uh, only though, uh, and one of them was off a, a home run. And, um, well, anyway, he, he, a little rusty out there. His first time out there, uh, didn't go well. Then we got to see Ben Brown and it's interesting, you know, Ben Brown, that's who we got for David Robertson last year. So this was a last year trade. He was from the Phillies. This guy, 33rd round pick. They don't even have that one anymore. You know, like, that round's cut. So who knows where Ben Brown is if he's not drafted in 2017 by the Phillies, but he's still a pretty young guy. I mean, uh, let's see, born in 1999. That makes him 24, 23. So he's getting he's getting to the point where it's kind of like, you know, shit or get off the pot. So he uh, shit a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He gave up a home run. Not, no big deal. It's one hit, one run. Got a strikeout. Uh, then we saw Mark Leiter Jr. Clean inning with a strikeout. And then uh, Ben Leeper, Eric Stout, uh, Correa. I don't even know who that is. So we got into the minor leaguers is what I'm trying to say at the end of the game. And I became less and less interested as time went on. This time, speaking of time, this game went fast, real fast. Two hours, 11 minutes. So, I mean, that's a little extreme. I mean, you used to have three-hour games. That was fine. So maybe it could be under that. That was cool. You kind of expected three hours, and that would be cool. But then it became like, oh, you expect five hours. Five, six hours. you got to play so slow. And um, some guys were taking advantage of that. Well, two hours, 11 minutes. I don't know. That's real fast. Like, that would have been a remarkably fast game any time in the last decade. So, and this was a normal, I mean, it was six to three. It's not like nothing happened. So, this was a little fast. I don't know if this is good. Bring back double headers, then maybe we'll talk. Hmm. Hell of an idea. So, anyway, Ben Brown has got a pitcher's body. And I enjoyed watching him play, too. And so I can see why the Cubs were like, hey, uh, maybe this Ben Brown guy's okay. Give us him for David Robertson. He's 6'6". And he's just kind of got that, like, throwing arms and legs at you. And I, I like watching that kind of pitcher. I think those guys can be quite effective. Um, you know, I, maybe he's a bullpen guy. I mean, they've, they've been using him as a starter. I don't know. We'll see what happens, what they, what they do with him. So, uh, but I liked watching him. That's what I'm, that's all I'm going to tell you about. He didn't do great, but you know, either way, um, the, um, God, the Brewers, uh, you know, they picked up a couple of guys and I didn't talk about this on the preview yesterday. wasn't really a preview. It just was like, Hey, the playing the Brewers, here's a couple of things, but they picked up Brian Anderson from the Marlins. Who's like a reclamation project. I guess he's been injured. I didn't really look it up, but he certainly was missing some at bats the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, and he hasn't been doing great. He was with Miami. I mean, he's, he's so forgettable because his name is Brian Anderson. But lucky, luckily, uh, luckily enough for him, 
he is actually the most famous Brian Anderson because I put it Brian Anderson into the Google machine and it came up with Brian Anderson, like the guy I'm talking about from Miami. He's not from Miami anymore. He's from Milwaukee. They also have Abraham Toro, who I wasn't really clocking because he was with Houston and Seattle. Don't watch a lot of AL West games, but uh, he had a three-run homer in this game. He's not a great player, but the Brewers, you know, they're just seeing what they got with this guy. He's never had an OPS over 700. I wouldn't worry about him too much, even though he had a three-run homer today. Um, Rowdy Telez homered off Ben Brown. So that guy's going to be a thorn in our side. I love Rowdy Telez. I mean, I I know I'm supposed to hate the Brewers, but it's really hard to hate the Brewers when they got Rowdy Telez, this like short little stubby guy, like popping balls over the wall. He looks like a little Kirby Puckett. I love him. When I put him in my pocket, take him home. Um, so yeah, that's what happened in today's game. Uh, today, March first. Well, it's the Mariners again, and it's Robbie Ray in his tight pants again. He's going up against Wes Nasty. Excited to see that. Love, love Wes Nasty. I'm so glad we got him. Um. You know, it's it's fun to watch him pitch, too, because he strolls around the mound. Maybe he can't do that as much anymore with the new rules. And then now the games are going to be an hour 50 because he can't stroll around. But, no, I, I love uh, I love his, like, sweeping his sweeping slider. The, I guess they're, everybody's calling it the sweeper. But everybody's calling it that, so now I don't want to call it it, you know. So we'll call it the Swiffer. I'm going to call it the Swiffer. He's got the Swiffer pitch. And uh, he'll dust you, baby. So this game's at 2 o'clock Central, 2.05 specifically, because baseball's weird like that. And they're like, we're starting at 2.05. Like, if I told you, hey, meet me there at 2.05, you'd be like, why don't you just say two, idiot? That's That might be what you said. <laughs> but uh, I won't put words in your mouth. But I will say thank you for downloading the show. This has been fun. This is what my fourth episode, fifth episode of just some are longer, some are shorter, some are weird, some I just get out the information. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. To be frank, I said it was March 1st. It's currently February 28th at 10:44 p.m. Just to see, so you know how the sausage is made, but I know that you're listening to this on March 1st and the game is today where you are. For me it's tomorrow. I'm living in the past. So Um, Hope you all have a wonderful day and um, talk to you again tomorrow. Spookog. Welcome to Cubs Pod, a Beecher Bunch production for the Fan First Podcast Network. This is your daily dose of digestible Cubs news, and I'm your host, Michael Cotton. It is March 2nd, and that means we have a full count, people. It's 3 2 2023. The Cubs faced off against the Mariners yesterday, or as Lyle and Danny would like me to say, the Mariners. But it sounds too weird, so I'm going to stick with Mariners as we all know it really should be. The Cubs did beat the Mariners in this game. It was uh, ended at 5-3. But the story here, as it always is in spring training, is only about the first five innings where the starters were. And our starters for this game, pitching-wise, was 
Hayden Wesneski versus Robbie Ray. Yeah, it was a an interesting thing to watch these two guys out on the mound. They both had sort of distinctive ways to finish off their pitches. Wesneski, as we saw last year, likes to finish off and walk around the mound and kind of pump himself back up. But with the new pitch clock, he can't really do that. So that walk is still a little bit abbreviated unless he gets strikeout and then he can take a little bit more time as the new batter is coming up to kind of pump around and walk. Now, Robbie Ray, on the other hand, I don't know what was going on with that guy, but he would throw and then he has this sort of like sad downer looking the other way and like his head drops and he comes back up. It was really weird to watch. And it's amazing that I even noticed because, you know, hey, those tight pants are pretty distracting. And they are tight. He looks like a middle-aged dude trying to fit in with the young crowd by wearing the skinny jeans. It's not a good look. But no matter how distracting that really is, that's not what we're here to talk about. Let's get back to Hayden Wisniewski, who started this game. Uh, and he started the game with two strikeouts. The kid was dealing out there. A lot of breaking balls. And Coom Dog and JD, who, by the way, that's been the best combination they've had in there. Mainly because uh, Shambi's not in there. I don't know how two color guys are supposed to take this game and make it better. Uh, than the you know actual professionals that are supposed to do it. But guess what? They did it. It's way better. Uh, probably because they are actually interested in baseball, unlike Shiavi. Anyway, I digress. Whatever. But they were talking about Wisniewski's breaking stuff and how effective it is because when he's throwing the breaking stuff, it's not like he's throwing it in the same place. He, he moves it all over the place so he can kind of hit corners and stuff with his sliders in a way that other pitchers are trying to paint with a fastball or something. So as I'm watching and I'm like, he's just making people look silly out there, which is great. I love that. And then he struts around after every strikeout and it's fun. After those first two strikeouts, he got a Eugenio Suarez to pop out to Nico Horner. So that was a great first inning. Three up, three down. Unfortunately, it didn't go quite as smoothly in the second inning because uh, A.J. Pollock jumped up there. He had a double right off the bat. And then, speaking of 3-2 at full counts, uh, Wisniewski lost track of time. And on a 3-2 count, he walked Evan White because he didn't throw the ball fast enough. You know, I guess we're going to see that in the pitch clock era now. Uh, it was kind of surprising to see it right there but I, I i don't know what to say it was it was interesting you know we're at three two count uh guy on second you're kind of you know getting amped up a little bit and then all of a sudden the ump just throws his hands up and sends the guy to first base and you don't really know what's going on for a second at least uh coom dog and jd talked about it and they were saying that, you know, maybe you should have just stepped off. I guess pitchers get uh, one or two step-offs where they can just stop the clock and reset it or something. But again, you have to know what the clock is because, I, you know, maybe he wanted to do that, but he didn't step off quickly enough. So that was a bad outcome, but it didn't stay bad. Uh, apparently, he regrouped and came back. He got Sam Haggerty striking out, swinging. 
uh, Tom Murphy grounded out to Trey Mancini, who struggled a little bit, but tossed it over to Wisniewski, who is covering first. And then uh, he got Cole Calhoun called out on strikes, and those were his two innings. He had four strikeouts in two innings, only the one hard hit ball by A.J. Pollock. But, hey, it looked good. I like the kid. I don't know why he's not going to be in the starting rotation, but something tells me he won't be, and I will hate it. I don't know. Let's move on. Like, Robbie Ray on the flip side of this, he jumped out, and he wasn't so hot at first. Nico popped out, uh, but then he walked Dansby Swanson. Not a good start. Uh, Ian Happ popped out, but then Cody Bellinger doubled for his first hit of the spring training, and uh, but then Trey Mancini strikes out swinging. Robbie Ray goes back with his mopey, dopey little walk. I don't know what he's doing. It's so weird. Uh, but then that Trey Mancini strikeout actually was the beginning of five straight strikeouts by Robbie Ray. Uh, the second inning, he rolled right through Edwin Rios, Jan Gomes, and Nelson Velasquez. Uh, boom, boom, boom. And and then in the third, he started with Christopher Morrell in a strikeout. So that was five straight strikeouts, man. Pretty freaking good. And then after that strikeout, uh, Nico Horner ground out and Dansby Swanson flew out. And that was the end of Robbie Ray. Other than the tight pants and the dopey, mopey walk, guy looked pretty good against uh, Cubs hitters. Or maybe Cubs hitters didn't look good. I'm not sure at this point. It's, it is just a spring training. Cubs hitters did look good in the fourth against Matt Brash in his second season. He pitched in 39 games last year. A few of them starts. Uh, Ian Happ let off with a single. Then he stole second base. So Ian Happ is stealing bases now. Cody Bellinger singled. Trey Mancini walks. Now we've got bases loaded. Edwin Rios strikes out. Jan Gomes hits a double, brings in two. Nelson Velasquez walks. Christopher Morrell, our guy, he singles, brings in Mancini. Uh, you know, it's three to nothing, just like that. And Matt Brash is gone. So Matt Brash is actually a big league pitcher, and he will be out there. Uh, the next guy that came in was Stefan Wraith. And he is not a big league pitcher. Uh, Nico Horner ground out, scores a run. Dansby Swanson walks. Uh, Ian Happ gets hit by a pitch, uh, drives in a run. Bellinger flies out, but the Cubs are up five to nothing, and eleven guys went to the plate. So that was a good inning. I mean, five hits, five runs. You gotta love it except for the fact that the Cubs only had two other hits throughout the entire rest of the game. One by David Bodie when he came in late after uh, all the Cubs starters left in the fifth. David Bodie is currently leading this team with five hits in eight at-bats. That's a 625 batting average. And it's not really that exciting or anything because a lot of times he's coming in against these like no-name pitchers, whatever. It's still spring training. You don't know what that's like. But you can only face the guys that they put you into face. And David Bodie is doing it. It's like he wants to get back on this team. Uh, I'm sure the Ricketts would love to have David Bodie back out there since they're paying him. But David Bodie is not that exciting. It's really only notable because another guy on this team who has had eight at-bats and faces a lot of kind of bad pitching is Pete Crow Armstrong. And he has zero hits so far. 
all the prospect perverts out there are probably going to tell me, well, he hits the ball really, really hard. Doesn't matter. He hasn't quite gotten a hit. So zero is zero, no matter how hard you hit it. So far, David Bodie is kind of out playing the, you know, the golden boy. What are you going to do? Prospects are kind of, you know, just wishes under your pillow. You got to hope in the morning you get a buck, but you can't be surprised if it's just leftover drool. The Mariners did touch up Rowanus Elias uh, for back-to-back homers in the fifth. Uh, but the way pitchers' wins works, even though Rowanus Elias gave up uh, two of the three runs that the Mariners would score, uh, he got the win for this game. He pitched 2.2 in relief of Wesneski. Uh, was okay other than really that fifth inning when he when Jared Kellenick and Julio Rodriguez went back-to-back on him. Uh, the other run came against Little. Uh, I don't really know anything about Little. Apparently, he pitched in one game for the Cubs last year, and uh, also, he wasn't very good. So, uh, But that was it. Cubs win 5-3 to three against the Mariners. Really, the only thing to take away from this game was that Wisniewski is still doing it and still looking good. The Cubs will welcome in the A's to Sloan Park today at 2.05 Central Standard Time. Marcus Stroman will be throwing against J.P. Sears. Sears pitched in 17 games for the A's last year. 11 of those were starts. Uh, He had 70 innings. He had a 3.86 ERA. Uh, He's 27 years old. He was picked 333 overall in the 2017 draft by the Mariners, who we just saw. And I don't know if he's actually really all that good. Would he be a starter on other teams? I don't know. He's a starter on the A's, but that doesn't always tell you everything, right? But that game today on Marquee, if you want to watch it, and if you don't, we'll hit you with some highlights tomorrow morning. So... That's it for me. I'm out of here. Spagal! Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 3rd, 2023. It was the A's versus the Cubs today. And I must say, when I turned on the game, I was like, oh man, do I really have it in me to listen to two hours and change of Boog talking about nothing? And then to my surprise, it was my man, Pat Hughes, Hall of Famer, Pat Hughes, and the dulcet sounds of his voice really Well, it gave me a baseball nap, a hell of a baseball nap. I felt so relaxed and good knowing the game was in the hands of Mr. Pat Hughes that after the Cubs went up by a couple runs, I just kind of put my head back and drifted off to Pat Hughesiful land. And it was, it was Hughesiful. It was beautiful Hughesiful. I, uh, no, it was, I'm actually feeling a little under the weather, truth be told. So that's probably what resulted in the nap. But uh, what a what a game! The Cubs ended up winning this one six to one. They got on the board right away when uh, Nicky Nicky three bases. Well, he hit a two run double. Ended up on third base after the throw went home because he knocked in Belly and Hap who had singled. 
in the inning. So Cubs off to a good start. Then uh, Happ in the third, he knocked in Nico, who had also doubled. And in the fourth, Cubs added two more when, once again, Nick Madrigal singled, stole second, and then scored on a Tockman single, who then promptly stole second and scored on a McKinstry single. So the Cubs are manufacturing runs out there, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Who are the Cubs doing this off of? And then I looked it up. Jake Fishman, who only has 11 innings pitched in Major League Baseball, but he is going to go off and play for Team Israel now. Not too shabby. Uh, speaking of Mike Tockman, uh, just briefly uh, before about his single, uh, who scored Madrigal, he had a really nice play in right field. And unfortunately, I think he's going to be the starting right fielder on opening day. Looking like it. Jed talked today. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the Sun Ranto show about not rushing Seiya Suzuki, who's hurt. And it's really sad because he came in, he was the best shape of his life guy. And apparently he wasn't in the best shape of his life. He's too big. So uh, of note as well, uh, David Bodie came into this game, promptly got hit by a pitch. (laughs) So that wasn't probably how he wanted that to go, given that he's the hottest hitter this spring for the Cubs so far, one week. But uh, he made a really nice diving play as well. Super strong throw coming out of third base. I don't know. He's looking good. He's got, uh, he's not in the 40 man. So he's got to earn his way onto this team. And the Cubs have to be willing to sacrifice a 40 man roster spot for him when they don't have to because they've already paid him. And he can just be depth in the minors in case something goes wrong. So that's where we're at with David Bodie, but he's certainly playing his ass off. Uh, also, the scoring ended for the Cubs in the fifth inning. When Hap walked, he was replaced by Kevin Alcantara, who got caught stealing second. But then PCA walked and stole uh, second and then got to third on a Hosmer ground out and scored on a wild pitch. So the Cubs are out there manufacturing runs. And this time it was on a better pitcher, Sam Mall, who has a 291 ERA for the A's last year. So now, And that's in like 40 some odd innings pitched out of the bullpen. So he's a decent pitcher. Uh, a little concerning. The Cubs only have two home runs on the spring. It's early, but they're not known to be a homers team, so this maybe should not come as a surprise. So this manufacturing of runs might be kind of par for the course, what we see out of the Cubs. A little small ball action, stealing a lot of bases. It's exciting baseball, so I'm kind of here for it. Although I'd like to see somebody in the middle of that lineup step up and hit 30 dogs, if not 50. So, uh, from the pitching side of things, Marcus Stroman, he started this game. He had a balk in the first inning after walking the first batter of the game, Tony Kemp. He barely flinched his knee. That was a balk. Seems like that's what they're going to call this year, so we're going to see a lot of that. Nothing gets gets Gen Z into baseball like balks. Let me tell you, this is going to be a real hoot. So, but he did look good. Uh, he had four strikeouts in his 2.1 innings. So you'd take that any day of the week. The one walk, which I mentioned. And uh, Wick looked a little bit better today. He also had a walk, but it was on a delay of game, basically, ball four. He, well, what happened was, uh, uh, what's it, Barnhart called time right as the clock was expiring, but there was nobody on base. And apparently you can't do that. So I didn't know that. You can't call timeout, can't step off the rubber when there's nobody on base. So that's 
Kind of interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. I'll have to look more into these rules and read them a little bit closer. Um, I saw Brett Taylor was confused about that on Twitter, too, and Megan Montemuro set him straight. So uh, now I'm set straight, too. Uh, also in this game, that uh, pitching was uh, Bailey Horn. So as a minor leaguer, uh, we also had uh, Michael Fulmer, who will be in the Cubs bullpen. They signed him uh, just a couple weeks ago. He's this was only his second outing, and uh, still hasn't given up a run on the spring. Had a walk and a strikeout. Uh, Rowan Wick, who I mentioned with the fake walk and a strikeout as well. Uh, Anthony K. Every kiss begins with K. Uh, what he uh, one hit, one strikeout, and then Duffy came in, who I've never heard of. He had two strikeouts, so maybe I should have heard of him. Merriweather got into this game. He's also out of options, like David Bodie walking a strikeout. But he, but no runs. And then Barucki ended this one, and who I had also never heard of. Ryan Barucki. He's older. He's age 28. I looked him up. And, um, yeah, he was with Toronto. Don't watch a lot of uh, Blue Jays games. That hasn't gone great for him. Uh, 568 ERA with two teams last year. That's in 32 total games and uh, 25 innings pitched. When you're in 32 games and 25 innings, you didn't do your job. You know what I mean? So uh, they're just taking a look at a bunch of guys right now. We'll see how it turns out. It's funny because it's another lefty. You know, if you throw with your left hand, you could have a 5 ERA and stick around until you're 50 years old if you're not. If, if you can have some semblance of usefulness to a major league ball club, just teach your kids to throw left-handed if you can because it's just a better shot. What else happened in this game? Well, uh, Jesus Eagle is on the A's now. I didn't know that before. So that's Jesus Aguilar. Looks like he lost a little weight. So he moves to California. Sees that, you know, you're not eating those Milwaukee sausages and key- cheese curds anymore. And uh, just that weight just melts off you. And the other thing I found crazy was that um, there's another Max Muncy. I was like, Max Muncy's on the A's? What happened? And then I looked him up. And he's a completely different Max Muncy. He is a first-round pick, Max Muncy, though. And uh, he was drafted in 2021. So we might see him eventually. He was at single A last year. Uh, And let's see, how did he do? 16 home runs. Not bad for uh, single A. That's in 365 plate appearances. Like, you're looking at a 30-home run guy there. Only bad at 230. 799 OPS, though. You'll take that. So, yeah, there's two Max Muncy's. Don't get confused. There's an A's one and a Dodgers one. So this game was two hours and 35 minutes long. It was attended by 9,374 people, according to the stats. But that's fake news. Completely fake news because um, there was nobody there. All the seats were empty. Not all of them, but a lot. Most of the seats were empty. I would say one out of every 10 seats was empty. It, It... Really did look like that on TV. So I'd be surprised if there were 2,000 people in the ballpark. I really would. The berm looked empty. And I get it. It looked cold. It It's early in spring training. There's all sorts of excuses for it. But I used to have spring training season tickets. It was never that empty. Not once. So I think what you're looking at kind of is the fact that the Cubs, people aren't excited about this team. Like there's, they don't have any star power. On the team. At one point, you could say Bellinger maybe was a star. 
Saya hasn't really established himself besides he's hurt. Then you got the WBC after this. So a lot of the stars are going to be playing in those games. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's just and it's expensive. It's expensive to get down to Arizona right now. And I think they're over their skis on ticket prices. $25 for Berm. Get the fuck out of here. So the next game is versus Slam Diego at Peoria Stadium, which I've attended a game there one time. And it was fun. It was back in 2014. I tried to do spring training for as cheap as I possibly could. And I did like ten day a 10-day trip to Arizona and then to Vegas and then back to Arizona to watch baseball games. I did it for $800 because I'm incredible. And I can squeeze a buffalo or I can squeeze a nickel out of a buffalo's ass. And I don't really know what that phrase means, but... Old people used to say it back in the day. If you're a young person, you probably never heard anybody say that, but I heard that in my youth. Squeeze a nickel out of a buffalo's ass. I don't know what that means. The buffalo nickel, I, I don't get it. We're, there are no buffalo. We killed them all. Except the buffalo that uh, you can buy at Jewel. Or is that bison? I don't know. Either way, this game is going to be pre-gamed by the Sun Ranto Show at 6 p.m. on uh, today, Friday, uh, March 3rd. And uh, the game is at 7.40. And great news, Justin Steele is no longer tired. His arm feels good. Season saved. He's going out there tomorrow in Peoria to play the Padres. And I I saw a funny stat on Marquee today about Justin Steele. And it was that he had a .98 ERA after the All-Star game. And I was like, wow. Remember him being good and going on some stretches where he's striking out a lot and doing real well. But .98, like, wow, that's incredible for the second half. And then I looked it up. Hashtag fake news, seven starts, which is still really good. .980 ERA for seven starts, but add a month to it. Maybe that evens out a little bit. It's baseball after all. Either way, I'm excited Justin Steele's going back out there. We need him. To be good, as long as he's a Cub, because if he's not, we're all counting on him to be part of the next great Cubs team. So, I'm excited to see him tomorrow night after the Sun Ranto show pregame. And for the Padres, it's Julio Teheran, who is a veteran pitcher. He was on the Braves for years and years and years and years and years. Then he got... Hurt, ended up with Angels in Detroit. Now he's on a minor league deal with the Padres, which I kind of find interesting that the Padres seem to be that team because they, they went and got Cole Hamels, too, to go pitch in the minors for them. It's also a minor league deal. So they're my, the minor league Padres, wherever they play, San Antonio or whatever it is, they, that is probably, that's totally an ass stat. But uh, they, they have like, I, I want Cole Hamels could be a Hall of Fame pitcher. He might be. I'm not sure. But Julio Teheran is not, but he was definitely a veteran pitcher with the Braves for years. Always was one of their 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 ace, if not uh, at least one of their top two pitchers on that staff that had a lot of success. And those guys are going to be in the minor leagues for the Padres this year. This is how a winning team is built. Period. End of story. Cubs don't have that. So... <laughs> They don't have, we're going to see Juan Soto. We're going to see Manny Machado. We're going to see some stars tomorrow night. And they won't be, they'll be wearing brown, everybody. They'll be wearing brown. But tune into the Sunranto Show pregame at 6 p.m. 
Then afterwards, we're going to hang out for a bit over on the Patreon Discord. So come hang out with us. We're going to have a lot of fun. And um, I guess that's that's your Cubs pod for March 3rd, 2023. Hope you all have an awesome day. I love you. Spagog. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 4th, 2023. Well, combined no-hitter against the Padres is what's happening. Um, Happened last night. We all watched together on the Patreon Discord channel. Uh, That was a lot of fun. I don't think we started realizing there was a no-hitter going about two-thirds through the game. And, of course, we promptly jinxed it because we're ranters and that's what we do. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun last night. I mean, I know it's spring training, but, you know, the Padres, that's the team that everybody's picking to win the World Series, basically, this year. So if you're going to throw out Justin Steele, I'll tell you who was in the game. Justin Steele, two innings of the no-hitter. Assad, two innings. Uh, Then you had Boxberger, Alzali, uh, Jeremiah Estrada, Cam Sanders, and Birdie. So that's that's quite a combined no-hitter. In spring training, you're only giving a guy two innings tops right now as you get them stretched out. But So what I'm saying is this. I'm not saying anything. The Cubs, the Padres didn't get any hits. But what I loved about this is that most of these pitchers that the Cubs threw out there are going to be on the actual Chicago Cubs in 2023. Justin Steele, no strikeouts in this game, but he uh, had a little bit of a sore, tired arm, and I didn't see any evidence of that except for the fact that he didn't have any strikeouts. Um, but then you had Javier Assad go out there, looked really good. Uh, and he's somebody you're counting on the back end of the bullpen. Then you got your newest acquisition, uh, Boxberger. Well, he's not the newest, but uh, yeah, Boxy's out there, but he's new on the Cubs. Alzali, he's going to be a big part of this bullpen, and there's a good chance Estrada will be too. The only two guys, because they're young and minor leaguers, Cam Sanders, who struck out two, looked very impressive in his outing, and he's part of the Cubs' future, so that part's exciting. And then you have Birdie, who I haven't really been clocking at all, um, but he he got a strikeout, and then he really couldn't find the plate after that. I didn't realize this, but Birdie, he's 30 years old. Birdie is 30, and uh, he was with the Pirates, and here's why he's on the Cubs. He's from Hinsdale, Hinsdale, Illinois. So um, he was a, a second-round pick by the Twins back in 2014, but he, he made it up for a few games, 11 games in 2019 with the Pirates, 2020. He hasn't pitched in the major leagues since then. So I get I guess he's trying to make his way on this, this uh, squad. I thought he was maybe a minor leaguer, but uh, no, he's a non-roster invitee, just in case uh, you need the guy. So... Uh, he, it, it was funny though, he, he could not find the plate, ended up with the double play to end the game. There was an interview with Justin Steele during the broadcast, which was helmed by Pat Hughes and Rick Sutcliffe, another winning combination that does not include Boog. Really just, I, I mean, Boog 
wherever you are, stay there. I mean, it, it, it's going way better. I didn't listen to any of this game last night at all, but even the highlights I watched this morning, they, I, I, it was just more listenable. Like, Boog, now that I've decided I don't like Boog, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. So, luckily I speak Spanish and I can listen to Miguel Esparza when Pat Hughes is not available uh, to for the overlay. But I like flipping back and forth. Either way, um, it was another good broadcast. So as in many no-hitters, there's always a play or two that you remember preserving the no-hitter. And this time it was Jonathan Perlaza out in right field, made a pretty nice catch. He took a good route, according to Sutt, and uh, I think that's true. He he kind of dove at the end of it, and it didn't seem like he needed to. So maybe he looked a little bit more impressive than it actually was, but either way. He caught the ball, no hitter. So it's exciting. I'm not going to make too much of a combined no ho, no no in spring training. Again, you know, even if it is against the Padres, but it's still cool that it happened, and I'm sure it's great for morale on the team. So, of note in this game, besides the no hitter, which is obviously the headline, Edwin Rios. Pat Hughes called it a tape measure home run. Boy, did he crush this thing! The lefty. Smacked that ball out of Peoria Stadium. Just crushed it in the fourth inning to put the Cubs up uh, one zip. Also, uh, Mancini had a couple hits in this game. He's looking really good coming out of the shoot. He's batting 500 on the spring so far. And then uh, David Bodie, hottest hitter in baseball. Right? I mean, seriously, like he is the best in baseball right now, batting 636, comes out and goes two for three. 1874 OPS right now. So, oh man, like you'll take that any day of the any day of the year in the season. He hit a triple in this game off uh, Teheran. And um, I mean, just holy cow, man. If David Bodie, I mean, he might, he might play wisdom off this team. You know, like he's not on the 40 man. <sighs> They're going to have to do something. You got Rios crushing balls out of the stadium, who plays third base. You got Bodie, who plays third base, as the best hitter in the majors. And then you got Patrick Wisdom with a hurt groin. So call me crazy, but they, they might need to finagle a little 40-man roster, a little, little uh, DIL stint, even if it's not necessary. Let's just to keep it going. They don't have to make these decisions yet because spring still has a lot of weeks to go and you know, a lot can happen, unfortunately, uh, injury-wise, as you're coming out of the gate. Um, also in this game, I've uh, been taking a look at uh, some of the extra stolen bases the Cubs are going for, bigger bases, new rules with the the pitch clock and the, and the stepping off. Morel stole a base. Uh, also, uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. Man, he's fast. So there's another one I can't wait to see up. So I'm getting excited. I'm getting a little prospect, prospect perverty about it all right now. And um, I don't know, it something like that. Here's the thing. I know I said I wasn't going to make too much out of the no-hitter, but I will say this. It's better than not throwing a no-hitter. And if your season is starting this way, where guys are doing miraculous things and excited, exciting themselves, they might be able to accomplish accomplish more than uh, fan graphs think they can accomplish, which is 78 wins. 
Uh, the other scoring in this game, Jan Gomes hit a sacrifice fly, scored Nick Madrigal, who also had hit in this game. And uh, the other run was also scored on an out and an error. Dom Nunez reached on a fielder's choice, and uh, Jared Young scored. And then Pete Arm Pete Crow Armstrong scored all the way from second on a throwing error by Alfonso Rivas as he was throwing home. He hits uh he hit Dom Nunez right in the hand. None of us watching the game together last night had ever heard of Dom Nunez before. So we were really concerned about his health until we found out we didn't need him. <laughs> so I know that's rude. No, I shouldn't say things like that, but I did. But uh, Pico Armstrong, heads up play, saw that the ball went wild and just kept on running. So that's great. I don't know what Waveham and Willie had to do with that. But either way, Cubs scored two more, win the game four zip. They are now four and four on the spring. And I'm excited. That was a two hour and 14 minute game. It's it's too fast. I'm, I'm all for a game being under three hours by a bit. That's fine. Three hours is what I think we all expected. What we didn't want was four. Now we got two fourteen. I know it was a no hitter, but that was uh, it's too fast. Uh, Seventy three hundred attended this game, but I'm sure so many more will say they were at it because that's how that goes amongst fans. So um, today, the uh, Cubs play the Angels at Sloan Park at two o five Central Time. And Reed Detmers, who last year had a 7-6 and six record with a 377 earned run average, is going up against Jamison Tyone and his sweeper on his second start of the season. Uh, he didn't do that great his first time out there. Gave up two runs on three hits uh, versus uh, Cleveland in his 1.2 innings pitched. And um, I'm personally interested to see how packed this game is going to be because it just hasn't been this year. It is Saturday now, so you figure it's going to be more uh, well-attended. Um, let's hope because it's, that's also good for the players. I know Ian Happ likes it. He talks about it on his podcast. So uh, I hope you're enjoying Cubs Pod. I'm certainly enjoying telling you everything that's happening, especially when I'm telling you about a combined no-hitter at spring training. So Spagog, everybody, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Cubs Cod, Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. Hasta mañana. Spagog. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. 
what do you get out of it? The Sunranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sunranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sunranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer, go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a Super Ranter today. Hello and welcome to CubsPod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on March 5th, 2023. Well, the Cubs improved to 5-4, and four, and I say it that way because... We all know that the 11 and 19 2016 Cubs didn't need wins to win the World Series that year in spring training anyway. Uh it is better if you lose baseball games in spring. I'm just kidding. Cubs won. They won 2 nothing. But they did beat the Otaniless and the Troutless Angels 2 to nothing. So it was a shutout. Uh, not exactly the combined no-hitter of Friday night, but um, shutout ain't too shabby. We'll take it. The Cubs scored both their runs in the third inning when Tockman walked, who was really making his case for being Seiya Suzuki's back up there in right field. Horner tripled him in. Uh, man, great piece of hitting. He he went with a pitch, he knocked it into the right center gap, and then his wheels had him on third base. A, a, a triple. Is there only an inside-the-park home run is a more exciting hit than a triple. So, I mean, very exciting stuff. I, I love me some Nico Horner. It was great to see that kind of hitting. Um, it, it just just beautiful piece. I mean, it, you know, I love when they say piece of hitting. It's like, it, it means it's almost like a piece of art, you know, and that's really what that was. Um, Eric Hosmer singled him in with two outs, and uh, that was the the scoring. <laughs> Togman scored, Horner scored, and that's all they could get done. The flake on this game was Ian Happ, who struck out three times. Um, of note is that Patrick Wisdom is back from whatever groin issue he was dealing with. Uh, he got a base hit. Kevin Alcantara got into this game eventually. He also got a hit. And uh, Togman... Once again, making his case to be on the team, doubled later in the game. Um, also of note is that Pete Co- Crow Armstrong, he pinch ran for Patrick Wisdom. And there was a pickoff throw over. It got away. Uh, PCA was a little bit slow on getting up and realizing what had happened after he dove back into first base. He ran a second and then kept on running. And stumbled a little bit, and he was dead to rights at third base at that point. So he tried to tried to get the third base with one out, which I can respect. And he was out by a long shot. So watching uh, Pete Crow Tootblan out there makes me think he's uh, going to fit right in to the Chicago Cubs based on upon what we saw last year with the terrible base running. So I don't know if I want to call him Pete Crow Tootblan when that happens, because that kind of works, or... Uh, Pete Slow Leg Week, or maybe Pete Slow Toot Plan, (laughs) 
Pete's slow leg week, I kind of like. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't very smart of him to keep on keeping on. But I appreciate the effort. The story, once again, was really from the pitching side of things. Cubs only got five hits, so did the Angels. But uh, Jamison Tyone, three innings pitched. He's stretching out. He's got that sweeper pitch, four strikeouts in the game, and his three innings pitch. I just like what I see. The guy's like, he's going to eat a lot of innings, I I hope. I mean, if he comes as advertised, he really could be a solid I know he's a number three, maybe a number four, but still, like, you still need that guy to be out there just doing solid things for you. And he seems to be that dude, professional pitcher, interested in pitching, like, just like what I hear out of him. I I think the Cubs' starting rotation is actually better than people are giving it credit for. Um, Keegan Thompson, we saw in his first appearance of the spring, people were wondering, where's Keegan, where's Keegan? Well, relax. He's coming. Brandon Hughes hasn't pitched yet either. Nobody's talking about that. Well, actually, they are. That's why I know it. So, uh, but he had an inning and a strikeout. Looked good. Uh, Eric Cynthia Sylvia Stout hit inning. He had an inning, gave up a hit, had two strikeouts. Then uh, you had Leiter Jr., Niedert, Ben Leeper, the ginger, uh, which I'm sure Rick Sutcliffe, who was talking, who was uh, doing the broadcast, really. Uh, enjoyed seeing another Red Baron out there. Ben Leeper, a, a ginger, if you weren't watching the game. He gave up a hit and strikeout along with Leiter and Niedert. And then Dennis Correa comes in. And, I mean, this guy, he two walks and two strikeouts, some beautiful pitches, lots of movement, diving out of the zone, just really cool stuff, and then some really ugly pitches. So, We've all seen that before, which is like the high ceiling guy. I mean, he's hit, hit 99 on the gun, which I know it's not that rare these days, but it's still exciting. Um, he had a timer violation. I looked him up. He was last year, he was pretty effective at double A and not so much at triple A. It was only 16.2 innings pitched, but he had a 1.62 whip in those 16.2 innings. And. That's because of 24 strikeouts in 16.2 innings, which you're going to take every day of the week, but 10 walks. So <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. There you have Dennis Correa is what you got. Um, so all in all, a really quick game, two hours and 14 minutes. I see like a lot of people really enjoying that fact and, oh, I could get on with my day. And I'm like... You know, and I see it from a lot of bloggers, too. And I appreciate that. I mean, as somebody who covers this baseball team, I'm right now I'm doing, right now, I'm literally doing a daily podcast that I have to do every day. (laughs) So I understand why you might want to spend less time doing something that you feel like you have to do, that feels like an obligation. Um, If baseball feels like an obligation to you only, and that you're excited that there's less game, but you still covered. I mean, to me, 214, it's just a little too fast. I mean, if you got a game under three hours, 245, 240, that's cool. But this is about a half hour too fast. So pace of play has obviously picked up. Obviously. I mean, you knock 45 minutes. I don't think that was their intention. I think they were trying to knock off 20, 25 minutes. And they... I guess technically have done that on average it's 20, 25 minutes, but oh my God, 
these two fourteen games. I mean, what am I showing up for? Like you, you, you know, you go to the parking lot, you park your. I mean, imagine Dodger Stadium, Dodger freaking Stadium. You're gonna show up. Those people used to show up in the third. Those people are gonna show up in the seventh now, and then turn right around and leave. Like, what is the point? I think they're gonna have to rethink it all. Is what I'm saying. I think it's too fast. I think it's slightly too fast. I don't mind the pitch clock. I, I'm. I think they could have solved that a different way by just policing it within the. Nobody wanted it. The players didn't want it. Let's remember this. The players were against this. It's the owners that wanted it. So I don't know why they're probably going to turn around and not want it once they realize that they've just screwed themselves out of a third of concession sales. So we'll see how this all plays out. I told you the only solution, and I seem to be the only one saying this, somebody else probably is too because, uh, you know, there's lots of people thinking about it, but just don't do it for the first pitch of every at-bat. Between at-bats, let it breathe, and then when the at-bat starts, you can have your stupid pitch clock. I don't care. So anyhow, little rant over. So uh, today's game... Uh, and Sunday, March 5th, is against the Colorado Rockies. And it's a battle of the lefties. You got uh, Smiley going out there for his second start of the season against Austin Gomber. And it didn't go too well for either one of these guys in their first outings of the spring. Uh, Smiley's gave up two runs in his two innings pitch. He's got a 9 ERA. Although there are some who would contend that there was a missed double play that resulted in all that garbage. Austin Gomber had an even worse time of it. Uh, he's got a 54 ERA right now. He gave up four runs and a walk and no strikeouts in his .2 innings pitched. Uh, and hitters are batting 833 against him right now in this spring. Once again, small sample size. He only got two outs so far this year. Uh, I looked up the Rockies. Interesting team. I mean, not good. Just interesting. Just They, they picked up Brad Hand, which I know that the Cubs were... Kind of kicking around. I mean, it was one of the names that people were kicking around. Hey, maybe we'll pick up somebody like Brad Hand. Uh, They also picked up Daniel Bard, who was a Cub. Uh, If you recall, this is the guy who had uh, just all the promise in the world. Injuries uh, came back magically. Just never gets to put it together at a major league level. Like, it's... I don't know what's going... Like People just keep taking chances on Daniel Bard. And I really just... You know, you wonder, it's like, who, they think they could fix this guy. He's 37 years old, okay? He was drafted in 2023 by the Yankees. And then in the first round, again, in the amateur draft in 2006 by the Red Sox, okay? So he came out strong with the Red Sox 2009, 2010, like, you know, ERA of uh, 74 innings pitched in 2010, and he had an ERA of 193. Like, this guy, you know, ERA plus of 227 that year. So everybody's thinking, like, this guy's going to be the guy. And then he gets injured. Injured. He's out of the league from 2013 to 2020. They tried to catch out with the Cubs. They took a look at him. It didn't did not work out. They He never even made it to the team. And then he's been with Colorado the last few years. And, yeah, I looked it up, and he actually wasn't too bad out of the bullpen last year. So he had a whip under one. Um so uh, he's figuring it out again at age 37, just coming coming back. And he's not even a lefty. He's a righty. So anyway, this is Cubs pod. I, this is not a Daniel Bard pod. I'm supposed to just be quick about it, and I'm not. So 
Former Cub Pierce Johnson is on this team. Uh, Brent Suter, who you might remember from his days with Milwaukee. Jose Urena is on this team, who you might remember from being on Detroit and also on um, uh, the Marlins. Quite a quite a good pitcher. Denilson Lamette is on this team. He was with, I believe, Detroit last year, too. And they still have German Marquez some, somehow. So, like, you look at some of the starters on this team and you're like, hey, it's like, I've heard of these guys. Like, it's not so so not so terrible. Um, offensively, they have a guy who I was just looking up and down their lineup named Warming, war, not Warning, Warming, Warming Bernabel. So it's kind of interesting. He's on the 40, man. He's got no picture, so he's probably not going to make the team. Uh, finally, Randall Grichuk and Chris Bryant are on the same team. So I know that's something we were all looking to, to happen back in the days when Cardinal fans would argue that Randall Grichuk is better than Chris Bryant. And hey, you know, some of those injury years, he might very well have been, but it's still a hilarious uh, proposition. Uh, KB has two homers on this spring, by the by. And um, the Cubs only have three as a team. So, hmm. Uh, that's the, by the way, same as, uh, Jason Hayward has two home runs on this spring in one week. Jason Hayward is batting 400 with a 1.455 OPS in 10 at bats. So, I don't know, just something to look at and think about. And the Rockies still have, uh, Charlie Blackman. Dude's in his late thirties, still going out there with Colorado. I mean, if you like hating... Might as well just stay in Colorado. I mean, he's a he's going to retire a Rocky, and it's weird to think that the Rockies can lock up somebody talented like Charlie Blackman, who's made so many All Star teams and been a a really great leadoff hitter. But the Cubs have never they they've never extended anybody, and you're, Charlie Blackman's going to be a Rocky for life. Like I I don't get it. So uh, I wanted to take a look just because this is the final Cubs pod of week one that uh, I want to take a look just kind of around the league, uh, both leagues, and see what's going on uh, real quick. Uh, Boston is leading the Grapefruit League. They are 5-0. and St. Louis is 5-2, and right behind them. And uh, Houston is 4-2. and And then uh, it kind of bunches up as teams get towards 500, Philadelphia, Toronto, Atlanta. But I don't have to go through everybody. The worst team in the Grapefruit League uh, right now are Miami and Pittsburgh at 1-6 and 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 1-5. So that's kind of what you'd expect out of those teams anyway in the regular season. In the Cactus League, Kansas City actually leads the way with an 8-2 record. So, once again, none of this matters. And Oakland is the worst. Two and five. His Cubs right there in the middle. <laughs> Get used to me saying that. They're five and four. Same as San Diego. And, uh, but they, Angels are four and three. Sox are five and three. So, it's like the only one really running away with it there is Kansas City. Uh, Dodgers have only played six games for some reason. I don't know if they just don't like playing. One thing I find out, find about the Cubs record at five and four being a game over 500 in the spring is that they have a run differential of negative four on the spring. So they have a better record than Colorado as a run differential of plus 16. Um, But they've uh, won yet one more game and scored 
20 fewer runs. So, or 20 fewer runs than the opponents have scored, I should say. So, uh, there's your there's your Cubs pod. Uh, I've been enjoying doing this. This is week one. Let's see if we can keep on keeping on for week two. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll let you know what happened in uh, this game against the Rockies and beyond. So, go Cubs and spook hog. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.